0: Welcome to another MLex podcast. My name is Ana Rago and I'm MLex's managing editor in London. It's been more than four years since Brazilian law enforcers made their first arrests in what has become Brazil's largest corruption scandal, involving state-controlled oil company Petrobras. Federal prosecutors have unveiled a web of endemic bribery and other illegal activity involving payments of more than 5 billion to company executives and political parties. The investigations have landed high-profile businessmen and politicians in jail and have shaken the reputations and finances of some of the world's largest companies. I'm here with Ana Paula Candil and Rodrigo Russo, MLEX's Brazil correspondents in Sao Paulo, to talk about how the corporate landscape has changed in Brazil in the wake of the so-called Lava Jato Probe. Hi Ana Paula, hi Rodrigo.
1: Hello everyone.
0: Now, over the last few months, you've both been talking to compliance officers in some of the companies at the heart of Lava Jato. There seems to be a concerted effort across the country to turn the page and start with a clean slate. Rodrigo, what are companies doing and have these companies really become evangelical about compliance programs?
1: These companies must be evangelical about compliance programs. When you talk about Lava Jato, you talk about private companies, doing business with a state-controlled company. If you're caught in a corruption probe, you might face the risk of a debarment sanction. And this could represent the death of a company. If you are a, a company, say, in the construction business, you heavily depend on government bids. So it's fundamental that you put in place a good governance structure and compliance initiatives. From what we've been discussing with the compliance officers of these companies in Brazil, they are trying everything they can. They are implementing ethics hotlines so that employees and third parties can report wrongdoing. They are shaping up new compliance departments. They are changing the structure. They are reporting to the boards instead of being a part of the legal council. And here is the thing that I, I believe it's the most important take. They are trying to convince their boards and the main executive that compliance matters because the corruption schemes unveiled here in Brazil are not ones that employees did on the back of the company's knowledge. It was the executive that implemented the corruption scheme with the state-controlled company.
0: So this is, you know, it's 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 a hard ask. I'm talking about Lava Jato and, and Petrobras, but perhaps just taking a step back. Ana you've recently interviewed Petrobras chief compliance officer. What steps is the company taking to move on and ensure there is no repeat of the past?
2: A new compliance um, a chief compliance officer just uh, assumed control of, of the company's uh, compliance department last month. Rafael Gomes told, um, told us that he wants to enhance Petrobras program and close any gaps identified in the company's compliance rules. But he said he wants a more effective and less expensive program, uh, although no changes will be implemented until he has a full understanding of how the company works. Uh, I think that Petrobras learned the lesson particularly when it decided to create a compliance department in 2014, because that was when the company felt the need for changing uh, and creating rules to become clean. It implemented the plan of creating the department in 2015. Of course the initiative came after the huge corruption scheme Rodrigo just mentioned and the the lesson seems to be that a company with Petrobras characteristics needs extra care. I say that because Petrobras is a state-controlled company listed in stock exchanges in Sao Paulo and New York and somehow works as a private enterprise. So the company needs to, to comply with a set of rules and take a set of regulatory risks of a company that is attached to both the government and the private sector. So the lesson was basically taking a step back and admitting that extra care was necessary um, and is necessary because Petrobras is, is in constantly talk with public officials and private officials in this situation, um, mm-hmm. citing now quotes from a Brazilian federal prosecutor mm-hmm. This situation makes it easier for companies to fall into temptation.
0: Yeah, it seems Petrobras has has a lot of work to do, but also that it has to do it slowly because it is such a big enterprise. Um, It's probably quite hard. Um, Rodrigo, you've spoken to construction company Odebrecht and they were deeply involved in the scandal, the Petrobras scandal. Um, They seem to be rolling up their sleeves and, and, and really getting into the job. You spoke to Olga Pontus, she seems to have a lot of work to do
1: absolutely anna and she knows that her task is huge she even joked with us that for those in the compliance universe she kind of has the dream job because the board in breach has given her every resource available in order to shift the reputation of breach from uh, heavily involved in corruption company to a clean record one and this is quite important for Odebrecht we're not talking only about contracting with the government but we we're talking also about its reputation and how it will survive in this particular moment if you don't have compliance measures in place you can be out of business. Pontes is making a huge reform of Odebrecht's Corporate Governance and Compliance Department. And it's a huge group. We're talking about a conglomerate with nine business units. She must put in place a compliance department in each of these. And you have nine compliance officers reporting to her. And Odebrecht works in environment, in oil, in real estate. So you kind of must be prepared to put very complex structures in place. In addition to that, Odebrecht is doing a huge reform this month in its corporate structure. There are new independent board members joining the group and all of these executives have been searched in the market. We're not talking about a family transition anymore. For three generations, uh, Odebrecht has controlled the company, has been the president of the board, a chairman, and now uh, for the first time you have someone that comes from the market taking this place. So it's quite important and Olga Pontes is proud of what she has reached so far, but she's aware that she's looking into five years from now to put all the as a clean company for the market.
0: That seems to be a departure from what typically happens in in big Brazilian businesses. I I was struck by a theme in one of your stories about how it's difficult to enforce the law in an environment where family-run businesses are still the norm. Can you just tell us a little bit more about this?
2: Yeah, uh, we have the example of Odebrecht and and also Meat Giant JBS, which are both family-run businesses. Um, This is something that federal prosecutors say that it is much harder and challenging for them to investigate these companies because family members often protect each other and in an attempt to do so, they are more inclined to tamper with with evidence. This is a complication because the fact that these companies are family-run businesses makes the process of becoming clean slower than usual. Another source of, of the problem is the fact that these companies also have a very close relationship with the government, uh, with public officials. Uh, a federal prosecutor once described it, it perfectly to me. She said the companies have an umbilical cord type relationship with the government. And in talking specifically about JBS, the company has been struggling to regain its reputation um, since 2016 when it was targeted in several investigations. Some of the cases involved the huge Lava Jato corruption investigation and federal public banks. And since then, JBS um, issued a new code of business conduct and ethics outlining how the company's employees should deal with government agents and trade associations, um, specifying that the, the the company will not tolerate money laundering and bid rigging in describing the penalties for violations to, to its employees. I think the danger lies in the interaction between the companies as actives and government agents in Brazil, and this relationship needs to be much stricter here than in other countries.
0: We've spoken a lot about um, the efforts that the companies have been taking to change the corporate culture, but as you say, Ana Paula, there's this umbilical cord with the government Has the Brazilian government or its agencies laid out any expectations of these programs? What is the government itself doing to to make sure this doesn't happen again?
1: Well, I'd highlight two initiatives. One is on the reputation side. So the Ministry of Transparency here in Brazil now has a kind of award called ProEthics. And if you're a company and you have a good compliance structure, you could apply to be certified with this Pro-ethics brand. It it, it has been a near award, but now it it will become a biennial thing. So we won't know who is awarded with this certification until 2019, but it's certainly very desired by the companies because it's a strong recognition that you're doing the right thing. And I'd, I'd say that for companies that have been caught in corruption scandals, you must have a good compliance in place because this will reduce your fine. So if the Brazilian government decides to sanction your company for corruption practices and you have a compliance structure in place and the government recognizes it as sound, you have a discount on your sanction. And this can be a good discount because when you talk about these sanctions, we're talking about something that ranges from 0.1% until 20% of your company's revenue. And if you're a first timer in being sanctioned, this will generally be around 10%. If you can prove that you have a good compliance structure, the government will reduce your fine from 1% to 4%. And the criteria are described in a regulation, in a decree about the anti-corruption law. So it's quite straightforward and it's important to, to show that the government has been doing some things to lead companies to the good compliance initiatives.
0: Ana Paula Rodrigo, thank you for sharing your insight on Brazil. If you would like to read more about how Lava Jato is shaping Brazilian companies, just click on the links below. Or to stay up to date with our latest reporting, follow us on Twitter at MLExExclusive. Exclusive. That's all from us today. I'm Anna Rego, MLEX's Managing Editor in London, and I was with Ana Paula Candil and Rodrigo Russo, MLEX's Corruption Correspondents in Brazil. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon for another MLEX podcast.